How's it going, everybody? Good. How are you? All right, let's get rocking. Man, when you have as many players as you have and you're using them in multiple ways, how much time do you and the staff spend every night charting how many snaps guys are getting? And is there a point in camp where you go, well, we're going to have to kind of get an order in here and go with that? Yeah, I'll work on the backwards first. The question was, you know, at what point, a lot of stuff, a lot of people to get in, a lot of packages. We have two more installs left, so that's the last two, and that'll take place tomorrow and Sunday. And then during practice in the evenings, we do chart who's where, and we keep, you know, who's in production and who's hitting things well, because it's not just you, know, you look at the scheme to see what you like, but you also are looking to see this is a role that we can feature this player in. These are the things he can do. So now that you get into, like, one-on-ones, and now you get to see someone guard a tight end. So, okay, that's a real strength of Cox. I knew it would be coming out of LSU, but I, you, know, you also need to see it. And so finding some of those roles are a big part of it. Obviously, when you get the pads on, you wanted to see who can be you know, strong and run defender, and you thought Brent Urban would, and now I see a guy like a Hamilton and Carlos Watkins. You know, those are things that you see as a big guy you wouldn't be able to necessarily without the padded parts of practice. So uh, the last couple of days, you know, from a padded standpoint, it's been helpful for the evaluations for sure, especially for the big guys. How impactful on Golston is missing this time that he's missing? Yeah, I think as a young player, anytime you miss, um, you know, there's going to be an impact. Uh, the good news side of him, this is a really bright guy that through the practices in the spring, we did play him at a number of different positions. So I would say mentally, um, from a playbook and that side of thing, he's in good shape. The thing that all young players need, you know what it is, reps. And they need time and experience. So uh, when it's ready, we'll get him back and work him into that. I was very encouraged about where he had stopped during the spring. And uh, so not to have him for a while, uh, it's a bummer. But I know that uh, he is coming back, so which that's a good thing. And uh, when it does, we'll make sure you know, we hit him every step of the way. But mentally, he's good. Just there's nothing like playing. Important is the Hall of Fame game. It doesn't count, but maybe it does count a little bit because of yeah. They are. The um, anytime you get a chance to compete, I think it's a big thing. And so, in the preseason, for a lot of players who you know, new system, they need time, they need experience, and there's nothing like going against you know an opponent and game scenario and situation. So, to be in that arena as a young player and step in and play and get some experience, I think it's super important. So. I see it as a total advantage when you do have it because here's some guys that you want to see more of and you want to see them in those moments. So for the older players, um, you know, you won't see that as much. But for the younger players, anytime you can get a chance to go compete and do it, um, they want it. You know, and that's the thing right now. Guys are wanting more reps and more reps. And uh, that's a good thing. That's what you want from you know, a player where they're feeling the urgency. I need a little more. I need a little more. And so I had told the coaches, those are uh, rich people problems. You know, like, you know, in the early part of training camp, guys want more at the end. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, doing, I'm okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the guys push it because I've been very pleased with their effort uh, of where they're at. And, of course, everybody wants more reps because as a young player, what are you trying to prove? I can do this. I belong. I want an opportunity to demonstrate that, to show it. And uh, that's what competitive moments are about. So I love that the fact that we have an extra preseason game to show some of those competitive moments. How about for you? The mechanics of it being on the sidelines or if you're up on the booth, we don't know where you're going to be, but just getting used to play after play, calling it and being ready. Yeah, I think, um, you know, new staff um, defensively to put together, uh, you know, clearly we have our game day roles and how we'll go execute those. But I will uh, I'll be in the press box uh, to call the game and, you know, have a couple guys up there with me. The rest of the guys will be down the field and each of them will have some roles. But uh, much like, you know, when you go through a first practice, you're, this is how we're going to do this, is where we're going to go. So. Preseasons are good for lots of firsts. Is we're going to be at halftime. Is we're going to cover, and so um, 
don't miss one step, you know, of the preparation and how it goes through. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Why is the press box the place for you during a game? I think for me it's, uh, it's best, you know, you're out of the emotional part of it. And uh, on the sideline, it's good, you know, because you're feeling the connection with the guys, and I definitely miss that. But I would also say, you know, you don't have anybody grabbing, hey, this just happened, or there's a holding play. What's the personnel? So in the press box, you just have to, um, you know, you just get to stay in the moment, and you see what happens so much more quickly. I hadn't done that before, and i got to thank Coach Carroll. He was the one that had recommended that or recommended that uh, to me because at his time at San Francisco, he had been on, you know, wanted to be on the field and they had recommended he go up into the press box as well. And, and he was right. Uh, it was the best spot uh, to call it where you're not getting pulled. You have all your information right in front of you. And uh, so I definitely thank him for that. Dan, some of the veterans who were drafted while Marinelli was still here talk about how when you come in, they feel comfortable because they feel like this is a scheme we were drafted to play. What's the key to I guess maximizing that familiarity, but also encouraging them to do different things, different packages and disguises. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say um, probably system-wise, that would there, there would be some similarities. And um, so some players, I even went back a year, you know, to, to look at some other things and some other techniques. But at the end of it, um, finding good communication. This may be just like you have done. This is close to what you've done. So finding some similarities. Um, I've certainly watched, um, you know, through the NFL and Rod. I knew his background. Um, yeah, so it's not a carbon copy, but I would say there's some similarities. Now, he's one of those guys who feels, you know, this is more what he gets to do. It fits his school. Is that what you see from him, why he's been able to play faster? I've, uh, I've been really impressed by him. Um, it's not just the speed. It's the, it's the technique that he's using, trusting where he's at, what to do. I've, you knew in the offseason he was going to work hard on his tackling. And, uh, you know, I'd say from the linebacker standpoint for Jalen and Leighton both, I felt their intensity from the offseason about what they wanted to improve upon. And uh, I see that carrying over now into their work. They're both very intentional about what they want to get better at. And uh, I've definitely seen that come on the field. Just playing with a swagger and a confidence factor into creating turnovers. Well, I think uh, swagger and confidence creates speed, you know, because now uh, when you have confidence, you really don't have to think and think and the hesitation. Let's face it, when we're confident, we know exactly what to do and we can let it rip. And so by playing fast, that means you have confidence. And that goes into a lot of ways. Playing fast isn't just running. It's trusting the communication, owning the leverage. So I can play a certain technique to allow you to go. And so what's nice about the team right now, you're seeing some of that come to life on the field. Um, there was a couple plays yesterday. I really saw um, a play from Leighton and from Randy really ripping and running, but it was a, a corner who had set the edge of the defense to allow these two to go and make this kind of hit right at the same time. So those moments are good teachable ones. And uh, when we get a chance to go back into the film room together as a defensive unit, I kind of go through the, the highlights of the day and the lowlights and things we want to improve upon. But that was a, a play to say, man, this is a good job of trusting your teammate to be in the right spot so you can 100% let it rip. And once that happens, that's when the speed takes place. That's when the, the turnovers can happen because you're trusting it. I've been pleased with the, uh, the mindset for the ball. Um, over the, the time, you have to work at it in practice. Is this a play I can go take a shot on? You know, you don't want to do those in the game, but you have to push yourself to see can I get to that play? Can I get to that play? When do I undercut somebody to stay on top? If you don't put yourself into those moments to really try to force it to see what you can be, then I think you're, you're bullshitting yourself a little bit when you get to the game. 
you've got to put some of these moments in. And so Mike does a good job of putting us in a lot of competitive moments. We were in red zone in two minutes and four minutes. So like, this is where it's at. You know, how am I going to play this play? And uh, all the situation work that we've done has helped on that. Tell us last week you had to be cognizant of not overloading Parsons as you were looking at him doing a lot of different. Have you have you pared back a little bit? Have you got to the point where you want to see? You yeah. Know, just... Yeah. No. No pairing back. Um, it's a little. It's challenging on the on all rookies, not just Micah. The, the first lap through, and uh, so that's why we're, we're almost right near the end of our package. And uh, the responsibility of me and for the staff is to make sure even that gets pared down some. You know, as we're moving into the next you know few weeks. And by the time the next few weeks come, it gets a little sharper and gets a little more in focus and a little clearer of the things that we can do really, really well. As coaches, you have a, a pretty big umbrella that you start with when you do the install. You may need this for a contingency play. You may need this at the end of the game. You may need this. Some of them are one-offs, but it's still volume for the install. But for the things that you'd have up every single week, more reps at it, more reps, more reps. And that allows you to play fast and fast and fast again and again and again. So. Um, it's part of the process going through it. Um, you don't want to have to put something in the game week that you've never done before. You know, you don't know the ins and outs of it. You don't know, you know, the strengths and weaknesses. That looks good, but you know, the, the team had put in, why don't we try it? And there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes. So, um, you try to get as many of those reps in in training camp as you can. You don't do any real. The footwork and technique that you coach to a six foot four cornerback like Nishan. Is that different than what's on the plate of a five foot ten yes. corner? And how do you adapt his size so that with his movement, his size isn't a liability? Yeah, but you use it where it's at its strength. Exactly. So yes, I would say let's all think uh, fundamentally. This is the scheme, but then within it, what are some tools that you'd use based on who you were and how you play? Some players, and you're talking specifically about cornerback. It sounds like are better just off. You know, some guys want to be on the end of the line to fight. And so having the ability to to work in and out with both of the techniques, that's the big thing. Now, there's some formations that, hey, you got to get out. This is the technique you play. But it does allow us to play um, in a scheme that the player can have him play to his strengths. And that's, I think, what you're talking about. Yep. Yes, and it's a, it's a huge point, and it's something that we hit on, on a daily basis because although you're not tackling to the ground, uh, you are talking about your angles and your pursuit, and the term we use is called tracking and uh, how do you track the ball carrier. Usually there's a leverage. We're a leverage-based tackling team, so if you were running to this side, you know, to my right, it'd be a right shoulder hit, so how do I track your hip with my right shoulder? Do I can run through the contact? Conversely, on the other side of me, if you're on my left side, I'm owning the leverage to there, so... Part of tackling is owning your leverage. And how can you see that? You can watch it on film. Hey, man, what's the leverage here? And having guys like Tony Pollard run down the field, even after the first guy, you know, in practice, you know, may tag him off or get to a leverage, now the next guy has to work it. The next guy has to work it. So there's some benefits when you're not taking a guy to the ground because the running plays or the, in the passing ones as well go on for 20 or 30 yards. Linebacker gets a look at it. Safety gets a look at it. Is there anything like the to the ground, no. But uh, having the open field tackling drills that we do against the offense players, like a guy like CD, you better own your leverage or he's going to make you look bad. And so there's no better guys to practice against than the offense. Sometimes when you can see, imagine a linebacker trying to work a linebacker, it's just not the same. So the good thing here, coach puts both sides together in some fundamental periods, and uh, that alone helps. Now, 
I won't have a real sense until we do start tackling. But um, the good news is I think we're taking it to a space that you can. You mentioned how key it was to go back multiple years on some of these defenders' films. How, if at all, did Jalen's game last year look different to you than his film from previous years? And based off what you saw from that, what's the key to maximizing his game this year? Well, I'd say the one – there's a, a number of things, but I would say one of the things that's really jumped out to me is I feel like his stride extension has certainly improved. I feel every bit of his speed. There's been a couple of plays that he – was flying and uh, at times I thought maybe those were smaller steps he's worked extremely hard now when he's closing whoom, man do you feel that speed to go so uh, I would say that's one of the things uh, for him that I've, I've certainly seen we've we're blitzing him more um, I think he's a physical player he's always had a good run and hit factor to him so that's something I'm looking forward to, to seeing come to light for him what are your impressions been of Neville Gallimore you know, we've talked about in the past, the guy who takes the jump from year one to year two, and for you know, everybody who's covered you know, football for a long time, that happens. Some are bigger than others. Some are two to three, you know, but this is the trajectory that you want a player to go to, and that's what I'm seeing from him. He's lighter uh, than he had been. That was you know, by design from us, but I feel his strength. I feel his get-off. I feel his upfield movements. Um, so he's off to a good start, and I would say he is one of the players you see ready to take the step, ready to take the jump. He's really uh, putting out effort to do that. Man, Casey, Curse, Hooker when he gets out there, Mukwamu, what will be the separators? For, you can't keep all of those guys. What will be the separators? Yeah, I would say um, that's a good question. But I would say that you know the consistency and the performance um, for certain is one. Uh, the good news is a number of these players have the critical factors that you're looking for, like whether it's size to guard somebody, the, you know, the middle field play of a guy like Kays who can really run so – it's good to have versatility, um, you know, when you're building a defense because not every team that you play is in a similar way, you know, in terms of their scheme and how they have players and, you know, these big tight ends that we're seeing compared to, you know, some teams that just regularly play in three and four receivers. I think the name of the game, especially at the safety spot, is versatility. You want some that can go down and guard receivers, and then you need some other guys that can really break out of the middle of the field and then some other guys that can really guard guys. If you have them all in one, man, you hit it pretty big. But uh, more often than not, it's, it's more than one job. How is Neil handling this, this new role that he's in from what he's done previously? In the yeah, league? I'm proud of the work that he's put in. Um, he's very intentional about his improvement, about his technique, and uh, he's off to an excellent start um, at the linebacker. He's played a number of the positions um, when he was in Atlanta. I, you know, we just tricked him and didn't call him a linebacker. You know, he said, no, man, you're a safety. And, but he was playing linebacker things. So I never told him he was a linebacker, but uh, he was a linebacker, you know, <laughs> uh, 70% of the snaps. So I, the just likes help with him. Hey, this is just like a call you had. This is something that you've built on from before. So he's been off to an excellent start at that. Just not playing the deep half of the field, you know, which he did some, but he played down in the box quite a bit. So it's not so foreign for him. How has Terrell Basham's energy impacted your defense? And has there been a favorite moment or two that he's brought that energy? Wow, that's awesome. He has impacted us for sure. And um, when you have you know, people who are uplifting, who can bring that, um, it rubs off to others. There's no question about it. What I've seen so far from him is versatility. I could see him having a role where he plays on third down, you know, both at end and tackle. Um, on first and second down, we see him as a DN. He's going to have a special teams role. So... Sometimes the role players, you know, that make up a team have critical roles, you know, to help play winning football. And I think Basham is a clear example of a player who can play winning football and add to the team. So uh, we're excited about what he's brought so far. He's a very um, versatile guy. He really is. A number of guys who are 
role players, you know, they come from different places where they were role players. You don't have any, I guess, proven big-time players. Well, I guess uh, we got to wait and see on that. But do you see the potential for that or the Well, yeah, I see the potential for that. And uh, ball hawking and tackling and finishing people, like, I definitely see that. And uh, it's a great thing about football, man. So you get to go out and prove it. You know, and so the best of the best, uh, you get to prove it. And uh, I have a sense there'll be some people on this defense that will have uh, very big chips on their shoulder with much to prove, coaches included. Thanks, Ken.